The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome into another edition of the Just Press Play podcast. Kevin here, joined by Pops, Uncle Tony, Crazy Legs, Jacob. What's going on, fellas? What up, what up? Hoops to you, hoops to you. (laughs) Uh, We have made it through four straight days of basketball over the weekend. It was fun. It was a lot. I was tired on Monday. I might have lost some money. might have won some in other areas. It's just been a lot going on. Before we get started, Uncle Tony, we have a special episode today as we're March. We're in March Madness, and to help you kind of cope with the madness, I hear you're you already have a what's Uncle Tony drinking to start the episode. Yeah, so to start the episode, I've got a what's Uncle Tony drinking at the beginning. And this is in honor of the Arkansas Razorbacks headed to Las for their third Vegas. straight sweet so, sixteen. Just Damn, that sounds, sounds good, doesn't it? It just sounds good to say. Tonight. I wasn't going to lead off with that good. Razorbacks, but I'm fine. Almost. Go ahead, Uncle Tom. Yeah, we're going to get there, but but for all you Razorback fans headed out, you got to have one of these before you go. It's a <laughs> Vegas bomb, baby. All right, we got Crown Royal, Peach Schnapps, and we're dropping it in a little Red <laughs> Bull. You guys ready? When you, you got and the reason we got to do it at the beginning, you got to drop it and go. Okay, All right. drop it and go. We're All ready. Right. Everybody ready? And and just for y'all who can't see, this is uh, Uncle Tony's bars uh, uh, shot glass and a uh, March to the <laughs> Championship pint glass. It's got the the on zero. In it. You guys ready? Count to three <laughs> well, on zero. Three, two, one, oh. zero. <laughs> And there it goes. Sorry, this is probably not good radio, but he's well, drinking, listeners. It's ASMR and hours. <laughs> that sounds like an empty drink. I hope he doesn't belch. Vegas, baby. Devo Vegas. Las Vegas, baby. Like All right, that. we'll get Devo we'll get to hog yeah. talk in a minute. We'll get yeah, to we hog gotta talk get to the little gotta, hog talk for sure. We're gonna bounce around um, before we get started. I usually, and this is another thing that I typically say for the end, but I, I got a gear grinder. I got just something that just really grinds my gear. And for the most part, the NCAA tournament is perfect. Don't change it anyway. I love what they do. But the second round on Saturday and Sunday, I got an issue. Why do we have these long standalone games at 11 and at two? And then all of a sudden, at prom time, we're like, game, game, game. We're starting all these games at the same time at like five, six, and seven. Why don't we kind of stagger it a little better in the day? I was sitting there watching, which I enjoyed the Tennessee Duke game, 
but we got that one totally standalone, standalone. And then the Arkansas game starts, which I want to put all my focus on. But the Missouri starts like an hour later. So I'm kind of now like kind of monitoring screens. I just think we could stagger this a lot better than starting all these games at six. And then I'm up until Saturday was fine. Sunday, we're still starting games at 9 p.m. I got work the next one. It's a school night. What are we doing? I want to chime in on that because I was really wanting to watch that Gonzaga TCU game Sunday night. And I was, I mean, Tammy went to bed. I was going to stay up and watch it. I closed the door on the bedroom so I could watch it. I laid down on the couch to get comfortable. Next thing I know, it's two in the morning. It's like I had to read who won it. I know it has to have something to do with TV and they like standalone games and probably having a team like Duke playing the standalone game was good because you get one of those power programs. But I just you could stagger those a lot better to where we don't have at one point in the night you have three games going at once and mm. it's like why do we have three games going at once and we had just one game going at one p.m. where I'm kind of just wanting to get fully into hoops I don't know maybe I'm getting old maybe that's my problem is I'm getting old but I just felt like they could have staggered the games a little better and I feel like I had this issue every year but I forget about it until the second round starts. But, yeah, well, let me ask you a question. Uh what what does what does TV look for when they put things on air? What what is it they're getting that wanting to get the highest thing up? What what are those things called? Viewership, what? ratings, ratings, and 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 tell me again what what industry TV. do you work in? TV. So I would think that the TV guy would know that all these uh, schedules are set. Well, for sometimes the I like to think about the viewers a little bit. You know, I just want to think about the little guy. The TV people <laughs> make plenty. Let's think about the little guy out here who just wants to be able well, to stay up and yeah, watch the TCU well, Gonzaga game. Yeah, on Sunday night. think about that guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I do. I do want to break because you know we had this discussion before when we talked about time zones, and we're not going to go back again and talk about the Eastern times, and we're not going to do it. We don't have time tonight, but that's why they do that with TCU Gonzaga. Where's Gonzaga at? California. So nine o'clock here is seven o'clock prime time in California in the West coast. So well, poor TCU fans are watching it. it 9 PM. Well, yeah, but that's, that's two hours West <laughs> of Texarkana. Those, even though they're the same time, but the only standalone game is CBS, correct? So I, yep. I'm wondering if, if it's the games that like TNT TBS were guaranteed two games in the second round. Well, Probably. if they get to pick when those air, they're going to pick prime time slots, not 11 a.m. And well, and for the people out there, just so you know, there is a with the second or the Elite Eight, the Elite Eight is played, I believe, totally on TBS and TNT. Mm-hmm. Those won't be CBS games. You get CBS mm-hmm. on Thursday, Friday, no CBS over the weekend, and CBS gets the Final Four and championship. So just so if you. Need some planning when you're when you're going through. I know Pop sometimes struggles finding his channels or something, you know, jumping from app to app. So I just want to make it as easy as possible. Mm-hmm. Let's get into basketball. All right, <laughs> let's talk hoops. Well, go ahead. Boss. Since you brought that up, one thing since I am <laughs> since I am a dual subscriber right now to Directv and to YouTube TV, I can tell you that YouTube TV does not have the little previous button where you can just go to the last channel you have to go back and it does get used to what you're watching and it'll show the other options and you can just quickly choose but there ain't a back button and and i miss my back button 
I do want to ask you this, Pop, since you're using YouTube. I may or may not have been using YouTube hmm. uh, one form or fashion. But did you notice that YouTube unleashed their multi-view thing where it was short or you could watch four games at once, yeah. two or three games at once? And, and it was nice. something kind of nice. cool with that, if one game starts getting interesting, you can highlight that and go directly to that game. That well, was, or you could just move around. So like yeah. you have your highlighted one, that's what's playing sound. And you mm-hmm. could move to be like, okay, I want to go over to this game. And you're still watching all, but your sound's that was on. That was a pretty cool that feature. Was pretty Shout cool. out to YouTube. Yeah. You could... Wait, wait, wait. You can do yes. that on the NCAA yes. tournament? For YouTube, it With was specifically, they, they put it out for the tournament, and they're probably going to do it for a lot. Like, they'll probably do it for Sundays now, too. Like, they'll probably do it for a lot. Because it was it was a hit. Everyone I talked to really That liked was a hit. It. And it I'm was, glad you I'm sure, that. I'm that sure we will be seeing it on Sundays next year, or at the end of this well, year, and the start of the it was, season. It was convenient, yeah. Pops. I don't know where you stand on yeah. this, because I think you're pretty new to YouTube, but... um. YouTube, the, the the account I was on showed me that, hey, we have this new feature just for you. And then right underneath it was like, also, by the way, we're raising prices yeah. in three months. Oh, yes. <laughs> the rate's going up. By the way. Yeah. I was like, oh, nice. Okay, cool. I also but, finally got the, the nice formal yeah. letter from DirecTV that they will no longer be having Sunday ticket. So yep. that they sent it out. Right. All right. So let's yeah, get to some basketball. Thing, yeah. Let's get some hoops here. And yeah. the it's first not- game I want to start out with was – the madness really showing it's showing its ass real early on Thursday where we got Furman versus Virginia. And uh, I just felt so bad for, is I think it's pronounced, is it Kahi Clark or Kahai Clark? Clark is, Clark. The, is the guard for Virginia. And he's a, a senior. He's actually the same guy. If you remember, Virginia played Purdue when Virginia went to uh, beat, I uh, went to overtime, made a perfect pass. And then against Furman, I don't know if he just lost lost track of time, but he's in the corner and he just throws straight up in the air, and Furman picks it off and then gets a three and ends up taking down 13 seed, beating the four. I mean that Tony, that is just March right there. That's just you're, it's it's kids, yeah. it's college kids playing yeah. basketball, and it happens. You're right. You're right. It could not. It, that that was one of those things, uh, the anomaly, right? You think okay. I'm going to put the ball in the hands of the senior guard on the most uh, non-turnover prone team in the tournament with less than 10 seconds. What? That's what exactly what Tony Bennett happen? wanted. What happened? The only thing bad could happen happened. And what what do you do? It's a one in 10,000 chance that he does that. And unfortunately, that was It's just time. so wild. You see that we talk about freshman guards or something. And like It wouldn't have shocked me to see a freshman. This guy, Pops, is – a senior, it's Tony Bennett's guy, and I just, I truly think he had to, he had to in his head go, there's got to be only because it didn't look like he was passing anybody. I mean, he was just throwing it up. I think thinking the buzzer would sound while the ball's in the air. Oh, really? And see, then, I didn't see the end of the game. Now I get what oh, you're saying. He just because he just throws it up and doesn't throw it to anybody. Oh, and man. that's why Furman gets it at half court, and it was just like, oh, uh, and I think he realized his face is like because not only was there more time than just that. But they had time to catch it, and they went down and shot a three. So it was still like he just lost track of time, and I felt bad for the guy because he's a good senior guard. I do too, Kevin. But you can't do that. I mean, I don't know. That's man, that's tough. But I think what happened, he earned it. (laughs) You know. Well, and I mean, this is this is Virginia basketball. Looking back through the years, so I'm going back one, two, three, four, six years. So lost in the first round to 16 seed UMBC, first number one seed to ever lose to a 16. The next year, they win it all. The next year, they're looking good again, but COVID cancels the tournament. 
Then they lose in the first round as a four seed. Didn't make the tournament. Lost in the first round as a four seed. They've done it all as a team. I mean, they've mm. they've lost the t- games you can't lose. They've won the big ones. I mean, it, t- I still think Tony Bennett's a good coach. But I that do was too. The, I like the a quick start to March. Going okay, so this is March Madness. It, literally yeah. anything can happen here. So I I'll so I'm gonna ask Jacob a question on this. It, so this is like I think that pass was like. How many times you've got a runner on third with two outs and, you know, all the catcher's got to do is throw the ball back to the pitcher. It's all he's got to do is throw the ball back to the pitcher. And how many times out of the thousands and thousands and thousands of times will he overthrow the pitcher and the runner scores from third mm-hmm. to win the game? It It's so rare. But it yeah. happens. This is my favorite game of the entire first week or first round of games as well. Because I mean, that besides, besides any, yeah, besides any like our, our, our Arkansas games or any games, I was heavily invested financially. Um, this is my favorite uh, March Madness game because I, I, we had some great back and forth, late back and forth. Like no, nobody truly blew anybody out. I feel like to where you didn't you tuned out like five, with five or ten minutes to go. But this was the only like true buzzer beater kind of game that we got. I think in the first two rounds, um, I I thoroughly enjoyed watching the end of this game. And I would uh, suggest for anyone out there, go try to find if you haven't already seen. There's a there's a version, a clip of it where they show the broadcast crew and the game at the same time, and it shows why Kevin Harlan is just really good at his job because one he just calls it great, and then he stands up at one point and puts his arms out in front of the rest of the guys to basically tell them, shut up, we're going to let the crowd just, we're going to let this breathe, don't talk, mm-hmm. don't talk. And they all do, they all, as soon as he does it, they all kind of go, oh, okay. And they step away from the mic, and you just let the crowd just going ape shit for like <laughs> seven seconds. And then you hear him come back, did we see what we think we just saw? It was such a good call, and it was, he's he's been doing it forever, so it's not a shock, but it was just, it was cool to kind of see the how it looks from that angle and mm-hmm. how they kind of follow his lead the whole way. Oh, yeah. Um, so pops, we mentioned, I was kind of going through uh VA there and how Virginia has lost as a one seed. That's they were before this year, the only one seed to ever lose to a 16 seed. Well, they're not alone anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> Purdue not anymore. loses to fairly Dickinson, who I didn't know was a school until, but this tournament, uh, pops just, um, thoughts. Thoughts. Uh, I, my first thought on this is I've got written down, don't bring the ball down, Zach. I mean, you're playing the shortest roster in the NCAA, and he brings the ball down at least twice, and the little guys you know, Swat get a steal, it. get a steal from him. But the other thing that really caught my ear is at halftime or something, they came out, and I guess someone had interviewed the uh, uh, the coach. Uh, his name's escaping me, though. Matt uh, Painter? Or Tobin Tobin Anderson. No, Tobin Anderson. Tobin Anderson. Okay. And they said – New well, Iona head coach as of today. They, they yeah. said uh, – well, Coach Anderson said that he really wasn't worried about the lob because they're not going to be lobbing the ball into Zach, Zach Ed Eady. Wait, wait. What? You're not going to lob the ball to the seven foot four beast underneath over the shortest team in the NCAA? Gosh, yeah, that really – that's and, and he didn't. They didn't use the lob. Why wouldn't you? Do you know that Edie didn't take a shot in the last nine minutes and 24 seconds of that game and got abused Crazy. because they kept picking and rolling him and he couldn't get out and he couldn't get back? 
Well, so it's funny you bring that because I, I knew that he his last field goal came at 925 mm. at that point. And so I was like, oh, well, he probably took some shots. And you're right, Pops. No more field goal attempts after that. And I, no. and the game was close, like one point, two point, three point. It wasn't like it ever was happen? a 10 point game. And so, Tony, this is where I ask you. And we kind of had this talk last week while we were on the road at one point. And we were just conversing about hoops. And we threw out there, Purdue feels like the vulnerable one seed because they rely on a big guy. And a big guy needs guards to get in the ball. And they did have some freshman guards. And they clearly, in the whole second half, they all looked shook. Nobody on that team mm-hmm. wanted to take a shot because they didn't want to be the person to miss the shot. And it makes me wonder, can a big guy – carry you to a champion or a final four? I mean, I, maybe with a senior guard or what do you think, Tony? Yeah, I think more now more than ever in today's college game, a big guy cannot carry a team. You can have a big guy and guards. You've got to have balance. And that's what we were talking about with Purdue. They just didn't have enough balance. I certainly didn't see fairly Dickinson beating them. Uh, you know, I thought, you know, somebody named mostly Dickinson could beat him, but not somebody that was just fairly Dickinson. <laughs> so uh, I, I think that was the, you know, that's what really surprised me. Tony. <laughs> I just love Tony. And that's that. my favorite name in the tournament now, fairly Dickinson. Well, I wonder who's mostly Dickinson. Is there someone who's all the way Dickinson? Because I'm thinking, man, they must be really good if fairly Dickinson can beat these guys. But anyway, I digress. Tony, you're, you're, oh, I, I got I to interject here, right? Your your joke shows your age. We're, we're old age. F, but even you and I, as guards for Purdue, could have lobbed that ball into Edie. Even even Absolutely. we could have done that. So well, but Absolutely. that to me pops to, that falls on Matt Painter. It, it not does. The guards. Yes, because at some point you go, what are we doing? We have the biggest MFR in college basketball. Throw it up against Throw the smallest up. team. Like I thought it was going to be like, oh, they're kind of small. No, literally the small out of 363 teams, they are the shortest on average against Zach Eady, the player of the year, the player of the year. And to me, it's at one point in that second half and then in the locker room afterwards. And I felt so bad for it. They went and they interviewed Purdue, some of the Purdue guys after the game. That was terrible. But you could see Zach and look in Zach Eady's eyes. It looked like he was thinking, well, I guess it's not going to be bad playing for Greece. Because I'm sure not going to be playing much NBA. Mm. Because he was just like, I'm done. I'm I'm done. Well, if you know? fairly he was like, how did that happen against you? Then every NBA team is going to just run laps around. He you, was right? just he was just in shock. I mean, his face was just shocked. Now, like, obviously, he just lost. But I think for him, it was how how did I how did that happen to me? And he's a good kid. You watch yeah, his story. He's a good like kid. Him. Yeah, but but Kevin to to, to bring this thing about Purdue around. It's the guards. You've mm-hmm. got to have balance. Kentucky's got a big man, arguably the the best big man in the country, and but they've got guards around him, people, perimeter players, and you just can't have a big guy anymore. Yeah, I agree with Jacob. That. Go ahead. Yeah, because I think uh, this isn't the first time Purdue has <laughs> let us down in the tournament, and unfortunately, no. we had a financial. Um, we were financially tied to them a couple of years ago when they had those two really big men that we were that we were loving. Um, and they let us down. But also, I just looked up because the first thing that came to my mind was DeAndre Ayton for Arizona, and they got upset by Buffalo in the first round of the tournament, and he was the number one overall draft pick in the NBA. And so, I mean, the big man might not be that crucial when it comes to Well, and Jacob, I was thinking about it watching. I thought about this more so because I kind of thought about it within Illinois against Miami and or Indiana against Miami. Indiana has a great big man. 
But I just don't think that big man can only take you so far because yeah. you got to be able to. If you don't, even, I'm not even saying you have to have excellent guard play. You just need to have smart guard guard play if you're yeah. going to have a big man be your best player. Yeah, I think. Just, yeah, I think it's okay. Like again, the big man nowadays, I think for him to be successful, it's all defensively. Like Tashibwe for Kentucky, it averages what 20 rebounds a game or something oh, so like yes. that. Right, he's yeah. not even. That's you're not valuable. even plays for him. You're just shooting it up to. Yeah, the like, like that's like, valuable. Sometimes the plays just get a shot. At I him. think in today's game with the speed of the guards for most teams. Um, the athleticism of all the players on the court, how the game is played maybe nowadays, much more three-point athletic uh, mid-range shooters. The, the You just can't keep up with just a, a big man anymore. So. I like Matt Painter, but I think this is the loss that kind of maybe puts the nail in the coffin because he's had a couple pops. Didn't you have something written down? They've lost to 14 or 15. So, yeah, they lost year. to the, the 15 this year, the 13 the year before, and I think the 12 the year before that or something like that. And that, that just shows me, and, and Charles Barkley actually said it, and we've talked about this multiple times, but March Madness really shows you the good coaches because there's going to be a moment in the game because a lot of times it's style versus style and who can kind of play their style over, like who can kind of dictate the styles of the game. And Painter, at no point, you can blame the kids and the kids did screw up, but at some point the coach goes, what are we, like, come on. We're way too big to be losing this score. And they had moments. It was not like – that's why I think this is the worst loss in NCAA tournament history because that Virginia lost to UMBC. UMBC just played really well that day. And Virginia was down uh, – DeAndre Hunter didn't play in the game. as one of their better players. Purdue was fully healthy. They were all there. They just got outcoached and outplayed. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know, another thing the announcer mentioned is that for some reason Painter doesn't like to run a zone. And he didn't. He kept playing man to man. And, you know, I don't know if, if, if Farley Dickinson might have, might have taken advantage of that because, you know, fairly, whatever, Farley, fairly. <laughs> um, you, you see what their, they were, their, 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 uh, abbreviation on something was fair dick. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, um, I don't know. Painter, maybe the time, maybe times passed him by. He just, the, that, that was, well, a I just sad think ending. some people, some people, and, this is really easy. Again, we've said this before talking about like football and other things. It's easy for us on the couch notes. I think when you're on the sideline, especially as the favorite, because real quick, and I forget this watching until it happens, but I was like, there's a lot of Fairleigh Dickinson fans. And you remember, oh, there's just a lot of fans. And all of a sudden, the 16 has a chance of beating the one. So that whole stadium, if you're not a oh, yeah. fan, you're now rooting for the 16. Okay. And I just think it's really easy when it's you're in that environment to kind of all of a sudden, four minutes of gameplay goes by, and you haven't even got idiot touch. And I just think it's easy for us on the couch to be like, "What are we doing?" And I, it, there's only so many that can do it, and there, that's why we see the Tom Izzo's of the world always winning. Or we see, <clears throat> I think Muss is one of those guys. We'll get into Arkansas in a minute, but coaching really separates themselves this time of year. And so. talent does win, but coaching helps. Uh, what's another one? I, while we're in the East bracket, there. I do want to bring up Tennessee because Tennessee just finds a way. That Tennessee-Duke game, Duke beat the doors off of Oral Roberts, and Oral Roberts missed a lot of shots, but Duke played really well, and then they came up against Tennessee, and Tony, to me, Tennessee was like, we're just going to play bully ball with y'all. We're going to foul. We're probably going to get some guys in foul trouble. We don't care, and that's kind of what they do. Tennessee wants to play a rock fight, and at some point you got to score, but they look dangerous to me. What do you think, Tony? 
they look really dangerous to me. I think that you can look at that and say that's how uh, the more athletic team wins, not the bigger, not the faster, the more athletic team. We talked about that. I think they're figuring out how to win and how to score without Ziggler. And the longer they go in this tournament, the more dangerous they'll become. And I, I think we saw that against Duke that, um, you know, I think it was just they really, you know, I think everybody Duke's playing the best. They've gone upteen in a row. They're really playing well. And Tennessee just just disrupted everything. Well, and that's what so they I do. Really They're like going to disrupt yeah. your offense. They, as, as far as defensive teams in the in the tournament before it all started, I thought they were maybe the best. And I mean, they they showed it. They were. They're going to make you work for every bucket. Uh, Everything. Pops, was there another? What's another game you want to talk touch on? For either first round, second round. I mean, we Let's hadn't even touched on another see. big upset. That well, Sheboy, y'all talked about him. That was something I wanted to bring up. I think it was in the first game. He had twenty four rebounds. The rest of the team had twenty three. Um, I mean, this guy is a beast on the boards. He he was unbelievable. Um, a game, game I do two, want to so talk game about. Game two, they were playing Kansas State, and I had <clears> the same uh, text thread. I met with some buddies. I was like, I'm betting to Sheway rebounds, regardless of what it was, and it was 13 and a half. Yeah, and they were like, 13 and a half seems like a lot. I'm like, watch him, half. watch him play. He is a monster, and he had 11, I think, in the first That's half. An easy bet. <laughs> yeah, he oh, is yeah. just a yeah. monster, and especially yeah. tournament time because he's one of those. High motor players too, so he's already oh, yeah. a monster. He's big, and he plays hard as hell. Yeah. I respect him. I know he didn't since, have a great. Since we brought that up, can we talk a little bit about the Kentucky K State game? That yeah, sure. was an amazing game. I, I felt like, and and I'm t- that Marquise Noel impressed the hell out of me. Um, they got him listed at five eight one sixty, uh, but he, he I can't remember what his line was. It was unbelievable twenty six nine and four or something like that. And then he either scored or assisted on 16 of K-State's final 26 field goals. Down the stretch, the it was him. It was it, him. It was him. And I thought Desi Seals was the guy. And I'm not – Desi Seals headbutted that guy too, by the way. I mean, he did. He just headbutted the guy. It was weird. He got the call. But he headbutted the guy, right? Y'all saw that, didn't yeah. you? No, I but it was that. always – Sills was never – I mean, Sills is a good role player. Norwell is he, – he's the guy. Oh, I thought he's, Sills was the star of that team. No, that, that, he got hurt at one point. That's kind of when they went on their little <clears throat> bad run was when he was out. But, no, he's the guy. And just to let me get a little upset for a second, which I think they've righted their wrongs now, and Calipari apparently called him and everything's cool. But after the game, Calipari had some little comment. And Calipari is – I don't hate him, but I don't really like him. And he I threw out a he threw out a thing. was like that little kid played really well tonight. And it was he's gonna he said later he didn't mean it. He meant it as a, like he was pissy and threw a little shade at him being a short guy. And I just really didn't like Cal Perry calling this younger younger kid a little kid on the court when it's like why can't you just pay respect? Just say we got. Little our kid ass just beat. kicked your ass. I mean, and he did the next day, but it's after I think people told him that's a bad look for you. And he called him apparently, and Norwell tweeted out, "Talked to Cal, ain't no ain't no hard feelings here. I'm glad we're still playing." But Cal Far does that though. He'll sometimes sound like the whiny little kid. Where I'm like, "You're at Kentucky. You're not some whiny little kid anymore. You, you're at the you're the big dog, and you're getting upset." Kind of a lot lately. I don't yeah, think kind of a lot made it. lately. They haven't made it the second weekend in like four or five years. You're on a hot seat. I don't know. I think he yeah. still maybe got the number one recruiting class coming in next and year. And he's still so. the highest paid coach. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. neither here nor there. <laughs> K-State looked good, though. I'm anxious to watch them play some more. Um, I like them. Yeah. Who do they play next? Do you, what's uh, Michigan, Michigan State. State. 
I think K-State's K- the only team I feel like that could truly probably give Tennessee a run for their money. I think Michigan State plays too similar of a type of basketball to Tennessee, and I think Tennessee's just the bigger bully in that game. Because um, Tennessee, super, super high defense, but their offense is not that great. Um, I think K-State has the shooters they could possibly escape that, that defense. But this, Man, K- K-State's I, got that Keontae Johnson, which is a kind of really cool story yeah, to follow, too. which is a great – Pops, do you know that story, the Keontae Johnson story? Uh, no, but real quick, you know, Noel played at ULR for a couple of years. Just, yeah. Oh, by the way. What, no, what's, just, what, what's the story of, of Johnson? Johnson in 2020 or 2021? Yeah, 2020. I, was Florida. it during COVID stuff or was it before it was, COVID? It was right before COVID, I think. Okay. He had a weird thing where he just like – Passed out on the court like he was just. He was a guy at Florida or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And then they finally cleared him play, but Florida said through their own, like they'd be through liability, they couldn't let him play for Florida ever again. So he had to choose transfer, or he could. There's an insurance policy if you get to the NCAA where I think you can get five million dollars. Yeah, if he stopped playing basketball, he he would have gotten five million dollars. His insurance, and he was like, I want to keep playing, and he went to Kansas State, and he is. uh, Norwell's good. Keontae Johnson's the star that's going to go to the NBA because he's a big dude. He can kind of do a little bit of everything. And it's just fun. To, it's it's cool to see someone who – I mean, it's a similar – it's not the same as DeMar Hamlin, but it felt that way. I mean, he, like, passed out and, like, I think his heart problems on the court. It was yeah. really weird. Mm. And he's now in he's a coma for well. three days, I think is what I read and stuff. So. And that – is it yeah. Tang? Is it Tang? Is that the head coach at Kent State? Tang, yeah. I, th- I think that, so. That dude is easy to root for. He seems like a cool guy. Yeah. I'd want to play for him. Did you yeah. hear what he said about Kentucky? What? Oh, that we had more dudes than we they did? We had more dudes than they did. We had, you know, I don't care about names. I don't care about blue bloods. We had more dudes on the floor than they did. <laughs> I, think, I think he said sometimes it comes down to dudes, and we had more dudes. And I yeah. was like, sometimes Damn it comes right down to dudes. Yeah. We had more dudes on the floor. I like it. I love yeah. that. That's, yeah. a fi- that's a fiery comment. All right. Yeah. And that, um, yeah. I want to say one thing about that game, if I could. Yeah. Um, that Kentucky, I think Kentucky – owned that game. That game went exactly how Kentucky wanted it to go, except for the last two and a half minutes. Until and Mo- until Mo- Monique took Noel took it over. Um and yes, I said Monique. Anyway, um It's Marquise, uh, right? I mean, yeah, but since I had money on Kentucky, he's Monique to me. Uh but he okay. um uh, the no, Vegas he, shots kicking in. He, the Vegas, the Vegas bombs. Vegas You're kind of pulling from Calipari <laughs> there, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. a little guy. <laughs> but um, it was pretty impressive. And what that tells me is in in NCAA basketball, especially, you got to play 40 minutes. We'll talk about a game here in a little bit where there was a team played 40 minutes, the other one didn't. And um, but that you know, Noel, he really did take it over. And the passes he was making were mm. incredible. Yes. But to me, everything the, he was doing was incredible. Everything. Was, but we talked about it. I, I, I'm not the best NBA guy, but I don't know how. If, if I'm an NBA owner or general manager, the first guy that's coming out of my the, my mouth to draft is Oscar Chibwe because I, that was just an amazing performance. Uh, and just his energy, his ability to rebound, this touch he had around the basket. I just thought he looked really, really good. Well, the, the 2022 player of the year, you know, he that's looked what, yeah. great. That's because I'd be curious, Kevin, you and you and Liff are the NBA guys for us because th- he's not doing anything different than really what he did last year, right? Like he just, he, this is the same domination he had last year, right? And, so you know, he still didn't interestingly, 
Sheboy did not declare last year, and I thought this was odd. He was projected as a late first-round pick. The player of the year was going to be a late first-round pick right. second. And he came back this year, and I think he actually hurt his draft stock a little right. because if you watch and teams in the SEC figured this out, he can his pick-and-roll defense is terrible. If you get him out there, he mm-hmm. look. I mean, and a lot of big mans do, but he looks extremely – like you can play him off the court. That's true. But – I think he plays with so much fire and intensity. He's going to he's gonna get run in the NBA just because the energy he'll bring to the court. But he does have issues as far as the pick and roll yeah. defense. And he might figure that out. And he's, he's kind of figured out, like you said, Tony, I think he's got more touch now than he did before. He's mm-hmm. he, yeah. He's got a little more, like, not even shot necessarily, but like too? jump hooks. Yeah, uh, he's, done. So. he's done. He's yeah. done. That, that probably hurts his NBA draft <clears> stock, <throat> too, because he gets got nowhere else to go. He'll get drafted. I mean, I'm a Maverick fan. I would love him as a Maverick center. Just the energy he'll bring off the bench is going to be good. Yeah. Pops, were you about to say something else? Or? No. How tall is Sheboy? Uh, six. That's another thing. He's not crazy. I think he's 6'10. He's small. Yeah, I was thinking 6'10, maybe even 6'9. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that's that. another one that kind of gets him. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I, while we're, while we're in Houston, then we need to move up because we definitely need to talk. Well, we, we got some stuff we got to talk on. We're on the other side of the bracket, but we need to talk Princeton too at some point. But. While we're here, Kansas State's getting ready to play Michigan State, and Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo, dude. He just is so good in March. And the stat that got me, he's not always good in the first round. In fact, as in a higher seed, he's had a couple of years where they've gotten knocked off as like a two seed by a 15 or three. But if he wins that, and this is a mental note to myself for next year or just any other years, if they win that first game, you hammer them in the second one because he is now – 23 and seven when both teams have one day rest, i.e., the second round or Elite Eight. He's just so good on that quick turnaround. <clears throat> and you saw it. Marquette was a better team. And Marquette made a couple of big plays at times, but Michigan State just, they're slow and steady and they just, they keep on the pace. They never like Matt Painter where six minutes go by and you're like, what the heck? If there's an issue, they call a timeout and he gets it fixed. And he's been a good coach literally since I've been watching basketball. Tom Izzo has been doing this. And He's impressive because Michigan State never has the stars that Kentucky has, that Duke has, that North Carolina, all that. I mean, the biggest star I can think of off the top of my head, Draymond Green, and he was a second-round pick. They never have those just like McDonald's All-American guys, but they're always in it. And yeah, they had so, a guy named Irvin Magic Johnson way back. Okay, I'm talking about what Tom is, though. <laughs> <laughs> saying, right, they did yeah. have a stud way back. But. Draymond Green was, yeah, I think the latest – yeah, that's a good point. No, they, had, just, they have a point guard. Um, they had a point guard that was Jalen Lucas was the point guard they had that was pretty good. But he was I don't think he went to the NBA. He didn't go. They had he, was, Denzel he, was, Valentine. he was on the short side. Yeah. They had Denzel Valentine a few years ago that actually got drafted in the lottery because the Bulls were terrible because he was not a good NBA player. Yeah, but. I they had a forward too, maybe a small forward, but I'll say this about uh, I listened to the um Sirius XM crew uh before on the pregame before that. I uh, was out walking, and they they made a great comedy. He said, "I've been talking to Coach Izzo this week before practice. And he, this is the most upbeat I've ever heard him. You know, Izzo is always a glass half empty kind of guy. He's like, I don't know how we're gonna, I don't know how we're ever gonna win a game. These guys can't play. They're not doing." This. And he said, "This is one of the best, the most improved teams he's ever had. He really felt good about their chances to to make a run in this tournament because they were playing better every game, and he really liked them. And I'll be damned if you know." 
they they look pretty good. I they're they're an outside shot for the final four to me. Well, and before we started recording, I think uh, Jacob just talked about that East bracket. I mean, that thing's wide open. Yeah, wide. I mean, Florida Atlantic could be in the final four, or yeah, be in the final four there, or Michigan State. I mean, that Wait, anybody we, could at yeah. this point. We shouldn't be shocked about actually about this because that that's the one region we said, hey, they just threw all the blue blood NBA and our uh, NCAA teams in there and said, all right, whoever can make it, it out gets out. it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So yeah. that makes sense. Uh, about your Michigan State players in the NBA, though, uh, real quick, looks like they have won every other year, but the most notables are Max Christie in 2022, Draymond 2012, Gary Harris 2014, Jaron Jackson Jr. in 2018, and then Xavier Jared Tillman Jackson. in 2020. So yeah. not too Jerry many Jackson's going. I'm thinking of, but but yeah. it's not like the like I just look at the other Blue Bloods and like Duke and Kentucky are putting out. Exactly. That's my point. I think. Yeah, like they're picking out multiple a year. You're right. Michigan State's not really putting out that, but they're considered that tier. Well, but 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 a lot of their guys stay for two to three years because they're not lottery picks. I mean, we talked about that, but that's interesting. Um, The other big upset pops that I mean, Fairleigh Dickinson kind of stole a little water, but this team is still going. The Ivy League, represented by Princeton, what? is Princeton just poorly seated or are they just playing great? Because their best player hadn't even played well so far in the tournament, and they're now in the Sweet 16. You know, I haven't got to see them play yet this year. Now, I remember, didn't they have – they had the, that that uh, backdoor – isn't that Princeton, Tony, way back in the day? And they still kind of do it a little bit. They still yeah. do that? Yeah. Yeah. Who I mean, was the coach different that kind of started still, that? Um, Pete Carell. Pete Carell, yeah. Just backdoor you to death. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And the connection yeah. this year, Kevin, I don't know if you're – I'll let – go ahead, Kevin. The connection no, is no, the no. coach. I don't know it. I don't know. I just know they still play so, a little bit of that style. But. Princeton's coach this year is Matt Dickinson, and Matt Dickinson was the uh, point guard on the Pete Carell team that beat um, – was it UCLA? or I forget, I forget who they beat that one when the Princeton won that year. He was the point guard or the shooting guard, one of the two. Mm-hmm. So he was on that team. And so he has taken that – he has taken that offense – and that's what they're running uh, now. Well, I say I didn't know how the connection. I just knew because I, I, one, I was just enjoying watching their offense, and then someone yeah. like on the halftime, Jay Wright or somebody, showed parallels how it's very similar to what they did in the past. Their their defense is what's crazy. I and it's not you're looking at it like it's a straight man or it's a straight zone, and then next thing you know, there are guys in spots like how did they get there? It's kind I mean, of that amoeba it, you know, defense where you really can't yeah. tell what what exactly are they in zone or man, and they kind of are in a lo- loose man zone. It's it's hard to play, and that's Great what we defense. talked about. What it takes a lot of times in March is who c- can you get the game to be your style, and so far Princeton twice now has made it their style against two very potent offenses, two of the top offenses in the tournament. Yeah. They uh they well one killed me because like many Arizona going kind of far because I thought Arizona's a good team. <laughs> And then Missouri, I I even doubled down about five minutes left at, in the first half. I was like, Missouri's going to come back and win. There's just no way Princeton's going to keep doing this. And they just – they never let the game get away from how they want to play it. They dictate styles. And styles make fights is what I've always oh, heard. Oh, man. Let's see. What other games? So, now let's let's go over – do we want to go over the west, other side of the west, bracket? West, West, West. <laughs> is there anybody in particular, Pops, that you want to you want to bring up over in the West? Well, do we want to say that for last week. We can talk about the, the Save the West for last. Okay. No, let's, no, I see what you did there, Tony. I was ready to talk about him. I, I do 
So UCLA and Gonzaga are getting ready to to match up now in the That's Sweet 16. Nice. You, you want to feel old for a second? Sure. <laughs> yeah, it might be for more than a second, but go ahead. So when they play, are they playing? I think they're playing Thursday. But when they play, mm-hmm. it'll be 17 years to the day that UCLA beat Adam Morrison in Gonzaga. Wow. And Adam Morrison has that picture of him or that shot of him crying on the court. And at first I was like, what? 17 years. And I think about it, I was like, well, I was pretty young watching that one. That was, that was a young, a young Kevin, but that just is, that's wild that it's been 17 years to the day mm-hmm. since Adam Morrison was and, crying on the court to UCLA. And that was the beginning of the Gonzaga. Dynasty, pretty much. Right? Yeah, where they so. became a national player was that, that game. Yeah. So where do we want to talk in that bracket? Where, where do we want to go in the, in the Let's West talk about how UConn looks dominant in, they, in March Madness. They, 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 they look do. dominant. UConn looks good. Sonogo, is that his name? Or what's yeah, the big I guy? So. Yeah. Sonogo. Sonogo. Minimum so the boys. One, so, all right, well, no, we'll get to UConn in a second. Let's go ahead. Let's just rip the bandit off. Let's talk okay, Arkansas. Okay. Let's okay. talk them all. Let's go. All right. <laughs> We're all just beating around the bush here. So Arkansas plays a tough game against Illinois. And – they had a lot of moments where it was like, uh-oh, here it is. And they answered every Illinois run with a run of their own. They kept answering, kept answering. And that was that was a good win, nothing crazy. That Kansas win, obviously y'all have watched a lot of more hog games than I have. I'm specifically talking to the elder statesman, elder statesman here. <laughs> That's a big win. That's one of the better wins I've seen by an Arkansas Razorback basketball team. That was a gutty performance. And Devo Davis just cemented his name as – an Arkansas name you're not going to forget. Legend. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, I mean, I'll, I'll start, Tony. Take it. <laughs> um, I will say the Illinois game really impressed me because what what really hit me is I swear I expected Arkansas to get every loose ball. And that's I just haven't felt and seen that kind of – uh, emotional response from them that kind of just go get it at. I mean, I I've not felt like Arkansas was going to get every since loose Noah ball, Richardson. and it, it, perhaps since then. I mean, it really hadn't. And and with this team this year, I mean, there's a little bit of laissez-faire sometimes when they play, but they look like they turned it on. Um, so there's and- a specific play that comes to mind when you say that, and I think you'll remember it as I bring it up. So they had Arkansas was very close to doing the same thing Virginia did where some guy, I can't remember who exactly did, maybe Kamani Johnson, somebody just lobs it up in the air. When the Razorbacks are up, maybe two or three is one possession. It was a cl- it was a close game. And Jordan Clarkson just decides. You can tell. He just goes, I'm getting this ball. And he just jumps higher than everyone else and grabs it and holds it down and they foul him. And that was the moment where I kind of went, oh, they're just playing harder. They are playing. And Kamani Johnson had to play earlier in the game where he gets a rebound where it's him and four different fighting Illini and he ends up getting the rebound and a second chance point. And that's this team's playing to me like a team who kind of maybe slept walk a little through the season, which I don't love, but they came into this year going, it's final, it's championship or bust, and they're playing like a team who expects to win every time they step on the court. And I think that starts at the top with Eric Musselman. I just think I can't say enough about him as a coach. So for me, uh, and the Kansas win is one of the biggest wins I've seen us have since – 1994 i it, it you know you could you could go back I, I, the game where we beat michigan and dallas i think was probably I, i'll say that it's one of the we best were athletic, we were yeah, there we were there it's <laughs> one of the best athletic events i've ever seen of, as far as athletes on us on a single floor but we 
you, you know, everyone was there expecting Michigan, the Fab Five, to just wipe the floor with Arkansas. Hey, you're going to meet a real basketball team now, you guys from the SEC. And we whooped them. And it was close, but we whooped them. It was physically a, a great game. And uh, but and I think this game uh, 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 Saturday comes pretty close to that. But um, uh, and that's even the Duke win. I mean, to win a national champion, we won seventy six, seventy four. It was a great game. But anyway, uh, the two the things that I've noticed this this past weekend um, is one, uh, Ricky Council is hitting his free throws. Yes. Well, he uh, he does that. That's what he does. Yeah, that's what he does. Now he down the stretch, he was having trouble with that. Um, uh, I, we could have, we could have beaten Texas A&M, uh, in the second round of the, uh, SEC term if he had hit his free throws, but Ricky Council that, played all 40 minutes. I'm saying right now, I didn't realize I, he played he all 40. He is playing an amazing, he's, but he's hitting his free throws. That's a big difference. Uh, and then I think the second thing, and this has been both games is that Jordan Walsh is now the matchup that nobody knows what to do with. And he's playing, like you said, uh, Kevin and, and Liv, he's just playing with uh, such a motor uh, that it's a, it's amazing. And I thought KTHV, Channel 11, tonight at, today at 6 and 6.30, had a great uh, uh, a great sound bite from Jordan Walsh about being a dog. This is a dog time. March is about dogs. and We're the biggest dogs. We got all the dog in us. For a minute, I'm like, that's a, that's, I don't know if I like that. But then it's like, hell yeah. Be the dog. They're the top dog, you know. And so it, I thought it was a great quote, and that's the way he plays. And 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 so he's a matchup problem now. And well, I think and Jacob, that's a I wanted deal. to ask you that. I think what Walsh has figured out, and I thought he did this problem a lot. And you can go anywhere with this after Jacob, but Walsh, he thought about it too much. He was thinking. He was yeah, overthinking in the game. Like, should I shoot? Should I not shoot? And right now he's just playing, and. He's playing really well. And the stat sheet won't show it necessarily. I mean, looking at it, 10 points, three rebounds, two steals. It's not anything crazy, but when you're watching, you keep going, oh, that's another big play by him, another hustle play, another diving on the floor for a loose ball. And that's what – seeing them dive for loose balls and playing that way, Jacob, it's just it's, – it's fun to watch as a hog. Yeah, I think I think you hit it right there for him. It's the hustle plays that really shine for him. Uh, coming off the bench – and. And we don't. I guess we don't talk about it enough. Like he came in with as one of the best uh, freshman classes Arkansas's ever had, and he 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 probably could have gone a lot of places and been their their number one recruit. And he came to Arkansas. He's not in the spotlight as much. He has maybe hasn't played to be that starter, which is fine. But boy, off the bench, he is tenacious, and especially on the defensive end, that wingspan is a problem. Defense, for yes. And and I I we love I that. Wish we love to see that. We, yeah. you know what? I'll I'll take it because I think I think to keep, if that's what keeps his motor going is to get up in that guy's face and cause problems. I mean, yeah, it's it's risky with the foul issues, but it really caused issues with their with their star player on Kansas. He 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 really got in that guy's face. Um, and I think what really shows it for me is looking at the stat lines to, like for total percentages. We didn't do anything different except really free throws. We only shot twenty percent from three. That's that's actually been our average all year. Um, we only shot forty one percent from free, from um, the floor. That's pretty average for us all year. It's free throws changed, and then we had seven more offensive rebounds. And I think that talks to about Walsh and Kamani Johnson. Kamani Johnson played a hell of a game. The stats don't show it, but he was a force down low. I think for us on this game, so. He had, and he was in Illinois too, and he hadn't really played a whole lot. And I felt like 
Yeah. That's that's the chess master back there playing his pieces, right? They're, now they're peaking at the right time for sure, especially on defense. I think on defense we've we've figured out some sort of dog in us that we, we're playing with a lot of confidence on that end of the floor. So well, don't you think Musselman's really made a bold move and Nick Smith is not playing that much? And quite frankly, the first game against Illinois, he was way overreacting, trying mm-hmm. to, to make to make a shot. And it was just he wouldn't let the game come to him. And and uh, I mean, no, he's playing some, but I just think and, and Devo Davis, look, this guy, he's gonna be an all time tournament. Hall memory guy because he he steps up in the tournament. That six to eight footer that he's got is money. Um, he can yeah. bring Does the he ball. Does he scare up the you court. a little bit every time though? Sometimes, oh, yeah. but Kevin, I, I'm getting more comfortable with him because yeah, he can bring the ball up court. He does handle it. I'll tell you, Anthony Black. I love that guy, but Anthony Black will do he a little dribble. He'll get in there and then he'll pick up his dribble and he don't know what the hell to do with the ball. And mm-hmm. he has got to figure that out because he's going to play in the NBA, but he can't. He's done that too many times. But, yeah. But Devo can go in there and he – damn, he's found a three. We The guy's yeah. found a three. We've talked about it And he plays defense. Yeah. Jesus, we, he plays We've talked about it too some on this pod about those freshmen for Arkansas Black and, and Nick Smith. And I, I get I get the NBA, like the potential obviously there. They're young. They it's have there. the size. Yeah. They have the athleticism. They, they just got to find that shot. Uh, but, boy, the, the, the experience of Council and Davis is what's really driving this offense. And they're mm-hmm. they're able to get to the hole. They're able to hit the shots. They're able to make smart decisions. For, for the most part, they make pretty smart shots. They create their own shot. They don't take those bad last-second shots, it seems like, where Anthony Black, I think, is just trying to do way too much when he's got the ball in his hands. So. I think this – I mean, I, I don't really have basis upon this besides just like eye tests and what I think from watching it. I feel like you get a huge game from one or maybe both of Nick Smith and Anthony Black in this next one because what happened was I think March hit them and they kind of were a little bit of deer in headlights. And that's when Musk was like, okay, well, let me go to Devo and Ricky. I mean, those guys have been around college basketball for a long time. They might not be better than Anthony Black and Nick Smith Jr., but they're not going to get scared. They're going to play. And and now I think you got Nick Smith Jr. who just went, I just went 16 minutes Oh, from four from the floor, zero points, and we're playing in the Sweet Sixteen. I'm gonna play loose now. I, I, yeah. Why am I playing tight? Yeah, I think I think me. it. I think it hit him. I think it did because you saw the interview at the end of the in the locker. Like it really hit him. Where he's crying. Yeah, the adversity of like, damn, I've been trying to do all this for. I mean, and there's there, there's been the pressure of people are saying I wasn't gonna play or like all these things. Like he's he's got tons of pressure. I understand. Um, but yeah, I think it's finally hit him. Like, I don't need to be the guy. I don't need to be this top five draft pick for this team. I, that's who I'm going to be regardless. Probably. I just need to play ball. Um, I will say back to Devo Davis. So it is awesome to see what he's doing right now, just because he was part of, was it him and Jalen Williams? And was it Moses Moody that came in with them? Who was that third? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So like Moses, Moses Moody leaves after one year, Jalen leaves after two years. This is his time. And I love that he's taking advantage of it. Man, I, I can't lie to you. And I, I bet most Hog fans are the same. When he was emotional post-game, oh, yeah. it was hard not to get a little emotional. I mean, that oh, yeah. was just so well, cool at, to see you, the guy. You see like, what Muss said? Muss said, this is like a son to me. I mean, I think that's what got him. Because, I mean, you can tell Muss loves some Well, and then there's a post-game. There's, a, there's another one that someone had in the locker room where they're going back, and those two connect. And, I mean, I don't even think they were talking. I think it was just a real – I mean, it was like legit 45 second just hugging, just being mm. like – God, I, love I think it. it's. Like I think it's also because. Yeah, I think it's also because the way the NBA, or the way the NCAA is now is they're 
the good guys are all the good ones are all done after one year pretty much. They're going to the NBA. But then also the transfer portal is so easy accessible and like is really popular right now. You're not seeing a lot of those juniors and seniors that are sticking or sticking it out with their teams making these March Madness runs as often, I don't think. So it's it's something pretty special to be seeing right now. Yeah. You know, I'll I'll tell you what got me and yeah, it got pretty emotional here to of course my wife's running around crying. But, you know, she, she is great. But the thing is, if you've ever coached or if you've ever been an athlete in that level, <clears throat> the thing he said about she said, well, why are you so uh, upset? You know, he's like, it's the work, all the work. And if you've ever been in that situation where you've coached kids that have done it or you've been one of those that have done it, when you know it's it's close to that being that last game. Or that last time and you say you're successful, boy, it's just so there because the work, all the work that he's put in and for him to be successful, that was just awesome. Well, his word of, of you know, hey, why are you crying? He goes, man, because we've been struggling. We have yeah. been struggling and we have figured it out and we're playing good at a good time. And I mean, that that's ex- that's it. That's it. They have been struggling. And and you could see the the work that they that he had put in, and it's it's coming to fruition. It was it was just so heartwarming to see that kid, and I I really do like Davis well, a lot. Yeah, and Devo is an up and down player, and I think basically Musselman has told him if you're going to give me a hundred percent on defense, I'll live with the ups and downs. I trust you, mm-hmm. and that's where Devo is just like a guy believes in him, and he went. We're not we're we're talking about his night. Twenty five points is great. Twenty one in the second half, and they were all cl- crucial. Every he single took one over. He took, he took over. over the game. Yeah. He took over. Uh, the it wasn't game. like he had a good game. He, yeah, he took, he took it, it over. Uh, both ends of the. And board. I didn't think he had that in him. I didn't think he had that I, in him. At one point, at the at the TV timeout with four minutes, I literally thought he was going to puke. He was leaned over. His yes. chest was even. Yes. His jersey was was. I thought, man, this guy's going to puke because he had been balls to the wall on both from on ninety four feet all the way. And and you could see it when he 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 finally missed a, a jumper, and I think he might have missed a free throw. He was dog tired. He was exhausted. Man. He yeah. had carried. He he brought Arkansas back from ten points down against Kansas himself. Amazing performance will yeah. always be one of the greatest performances there. So, I right next to Scotty Thurman's shot over Grant Hill. You know, is it I just, just me? Put it there, or or does Devo carry the ball like every time? <laughs> they oh all do. Yeah, everybody's bouncing. I mean, Devo cupping it underneath, and then yeah. turn. I mean, it's like wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pops, so I know you've watched some some NBA, right? And you've watched some Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Does Ricky Council ever give you Westbrook vibes? We're like he's a little out of control, but he plays hard as hell. So I'm not mad at him. But sometimes he'll go for a putback dunker. I'm like, did you have to do like that tomahawk jam and you miss it off the back rim when you could have just probably tipped it in? But then he'll come back, and on the back end, he'll get a chase down block on defense. I mean, he just he only knows one way, and that's just well balls to the wall and jumping out of the gym. I think he's an athlete close to the level of a Russell Westbrook. I think Council. I think is he's that. the best in game dunker that Arkansas has ever had. Um, I, I don't know. I like Council. I really do, and I think I think he'll figure it out. I gosh, it's hard to say he'll be a better player than Russell Westbrook, but no, I, I don't. I, I'm not saying that, but I, I like him better. 
I do like him better. Than who he plays for your alma mater? Yeah. <laughs> who's, the, uh, yeah. who's the guy that played with Bobby Portis that had the dunk against Qualls? Qualls is a really good Qualls dunker. Qualls is a damn good dunker. dunker. But to me, he's more of a, like catching crazy oops or putbacks. Yeah. Like, like Council like will drive the lane and just dunk on somebody. But Qualls yeah. is the next mile. Yeah. That's, that's that's what what he's the next I mean, player. Like, that dude can Hawkins dunk. Can dunk <laughs> so. in basketball. But yeah, yeah. I mean, now we're getting a little out of Lally's range. It's just Jeremiah Creef, William yeah. Mills. I can go no, back. Daryl Hawkins could dunk. Anyway. That was just a crazy so, game, though. Yeah, sure. crazy. So game. Arkansas, Arkansas is playing really good. Maybe the only other team I would say playing better might be the team they're playing. Yeah. UConn is playing good basketball. Yeah. The one thing I think UConn could struggle with, they don't have a true point guard. And as we've mentioned, Arkansas has some guards that can give you some trouble. On the defensive end, I think it's going to come down to pops. Can you can you keep it to where uh, Sonogo or however you say his name, the big man for UConn? If you can keep him to where he's not kind of dictating the game, which we've talked about on this pod already, you can take big men out of games. But I think he, if he's playing well, twenty and ten, UConn wins. Let me give you three names. Go ahead, Mikhail Mitchell, Mikhail Mitchell. I'm not sure if I'm saying their names right, and then Kamani Johnson. I'm just – I mean, we got yeah. three guys to throw at this guy, three guys that will give him utter hell. We're probably going to use all our all our fouls. Yeah, and, you tell Musselman – or Musselman tells them, if you foul, you foul. That's fine. We're, and if you foul, foul, foul hard. Don't, yeah. don't let them Don't give me no tic-tac, yeah. Don't give me – don't even think about a chance at a three-point. You know, I mean, if you're going to foul, foul. Um, but I almost, think with those Almost three like guys, a little bit – I don't want to be dirty at all, but like a no, little bit no, of Detroit no. Pistons like – just, just make them know that we're here. You Play know, physical, put a body on him, make him work all game long. Where and honestly, out. what I do now that you, I haven't thought about this, but now you say it, I would do that really early mm-hmm. because then you get the rest kind of thinking that, and then, then even as they go on, they're like, okay, well, we can't call everything a foul, right? We can't call foul every single time. So then you get to start playing physical and that, that guy gets uh, out of this game. You get down there low and you start really fighting for position. And, and the you Mitchell start Twins that, will do that. Uh, and they'll do that. And I'm telling you, that's, that wears you out. You're basically wrestling. You're wrestling yeah. down on the low block. trying. You're to looking like Devo after that Kansas game. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's the plan, though. That's why, that's why I like that none of these guys are starting. Because, I, I mean, obviously, by no means do I feel like Anthony Black and Nick Smith Jr. have deserved to start for us. But at the same time, these guys that are our tenacious defenders, they, they foul. And so they maybe they can't start the game off like that, so they have to maybe wait a little bit. So, so what I don't know, and maybe uh, maybe I, the IT department can check this out for us, um, what their length is in their starting five. Are there, How tall are their guards? Normally, Big East guards are not that tall. So Sonogo is their is their Sonogo and Carabon are their two big men, and they're six nine and six eight. There's the, that's okay. their forwards. Well, um, they got that other guy too, don't they? They got uh, a seven Klingen. three guy. They got yeah. Klingon. Klingon's yeah. a good big guy. Well, uh, yeah, I'm not worried about the big. It's the it's their perimeter guys. If Hawkins, they're, they're two Hawkins, guards, Hawkins which I don't trust, five. are six five and six five. Yeah, Hawkins so, is six five. Newton's so six five. Sure. And then Jackson Jr. is 6'6". So they're all 6'5", 6'6". Well, that's not a bad matchup for them against us. So if they were 6'4", 6'2", I I think that's where we had an advantage against I think the winner of UConn-Arkansas comes out of that bracket, personally. Uh, I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah. Well, and here's the other thing about UConn that bothers me, just off the bat, is they've got nine guys that play uh, more than 10 minutes a game. So they, they go deep. 
and none of their guys average more than 30 minutes a game. Uh, so they they run a lot of guys in and out. So all the things we just kind of talked about, Kamani wearing that guy down, Makai Mitchell can wear that guy down. There's not a guy to wear down. They they rotate in and out, and so that's, I forgot about Klingon. He's you know that kind of concerns me that we because our guys, as you mentioned, Ricky Counts played 40 minutes, Devo Davis 38 minutes, uh, Jordan Washington up 32 minutes. Kamani, you know, Kamani Mitchell and Mitchell they rotate in, but we're going to have Davis and Council and Black. They're all going to play 35 or more minutes, and I'm a little. Hey, it's about who's got about more that. dudes. We'll see Klingon, who has more dudes. More dudes. Yeah. yeah. Clayton doesn't scare me as much just because we've gone through that the Connor Vanover experiment, and that's kind of what this reminds me of. The dude only played 12 minutes last game with four points. Yeah, Didn't have that he plays 13 rounds. minutes a game. That's kind of what he does. He's yeah, just, yeah, so I mean, he's not he's not a true force. I feel like I think he's in there maybe to give Sonogo rest, and he's just such a difference being the top the height that it's worth putting him in. But the, the, the little bit I got to watch him, he he played good. So yeah. you know that that was my only experience with him, yeah. and, and, and so. And so. Yeah, and I say this because I was watching that game a lot. One, because I knew we were playing the the person who's win, but two, because I was really rooting for Kevin to have a team in the Sweet Sixteen. You and me both. Um, but um, <laughs> and me third. <laughs> UConn, <laughs> UConn really was out of that game until they started hitting some outside shots. St. Mary was thought, actually I with them the and was ahead. I thought St. Mary was going to really change the game until yeah. they started hitting some shots. And so, if that's the case. Then I really like our chances because we're pretty decent on denying the three point, the three point play. So okay, well let's go down to the bottom of the bracket then. We've 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 spent a lot of time up go here, hogs. Roughly, so but uh, oh, go hawks, go! I think it's clear where this where this podcast is yeah. rooting. Um, <laughs> t- uh, UCLA going up against Gonzaga. We get a rematch of the game a couple of years ago. Was that in the Final Four or in the Elite Eight where uh, Jalen Suggs knocked UCLA out on a? Clutch three. I think that was it. Was final, final four, four, wasn't it? Because it was. I think it was final I four. I think so. Zags lost in the. It was all the. It was all and, the blue teams because you had Kentucky and UCLA. Pretty Dude, much UCLA, has yeah. all those same guys back, and mm-hmm. Gonzaga's moved right. They got Timmy still, and then they kind of changed around. But Gonzaga feels like another one of those teams that. Okay, we figured we're playing Gonzaga offense now. They're really starting. To, they scored, I think, fifty points in the second half last in their last game. UCLA's got a couple injuries. I mean, where do you do you want to talk about how they got here, Tony, or what we think in this matchup? How they got here? That those last two games, I thought were great. I'll say this: the two things. I think Drew Timmy and David Singleton both may already have grandkids in kindergarten. <laughs> They've been yeah. playing so long. Um, Timmy technically could come back another year, but he said this is his final. Are year. you serious? Because wow. of COVID. You can play six uh, years. There are there are some seven year seniors out there. That, yeah, um, that's why Drake's average age is twenty three. <laughs> yeah, but this is the, the the thing that the scariest moment of of uh, Sunday. Did y'all see David Singleton twist his ankle? Did y'all see that? Uh uh-uh. uh Oh my it. god! I'm just telling you. So so <laughs> this is kind of it's funny in one thing because he was up. He was walking through the the handshake line. So he was walking, and we'll see what happens. But it literally looked like his his ankle completely turned to the side. It looked like I he dislocated. It looked like he dislocated it. And so I forgot mm. who was calling that game. But the play by play guy said, Oh, that doesn't look good. And so the uh color guy's go, Don't show it again. I'm begging you, don't show that. If you can't, don't show it again. 
And sure, oh, the producer had already turned it up, boy. He had it running in slow motion, and he had his leg extended out, and he turned and went. Whop. I literally can't see it. I have to close my eyes. I, yeah, I can't. It, it looked it. really bad. But the kid, I mean, he went down in pain. But they said later that it just. He said it just scared him because he had broken his foot <laughs> last year, and it just scared him. But I mean, literally. Yeah, but they, that's what I'm reading right now. He said, "I was just scared. I broke it again. I'm fine." Yeah. He's fine. But, uh, dude, he must have like rubber bands for ligaments because I'm telling you, it was crazy looking. But to see him up in the in the uh, in the line congratulating guys afterwards and with no help, nobody he went on crutches or nothing. He was just walking through and didn't look to have a limp. That was a big dude, that deal. That was with 20 seconds left in the game. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nasty. pops, you don't need to watch that one. Yeah. Don't yeah, watch that. I saw. I watched. I'm it. not going to show that. I'm really yeah. glad he's okay because of all the teams out there that have been snake bit by injury. You see, right? That, that would be another because you yeah. already down a big man, and then their shooting guard, who's one of their best perimeter defenders, but they still got Hami Haikes and Tiger. What's Tiger's Campbell. last name? Campbell. Yeah, I, we love we love some good like elder statesmen at the guard forward <laughs> spot, and those two guys. Are really good, and Mick Cronin's a good coach. He's real, and he's got UCLA going in the right direction. So I'm really excited. That to me, that West region is so fun. I mean, obviously we have a, a rooted interest in Arkansas, but I think UConn Arkansas is fun. And then you UCLA Gonzaga. That's a great matchup. Mm-hmm. That's gonna Absolutely. be fun. A lot of fun. Those are back to back Thursday night too. Yeah. That'll be and great. then oh, they are if. Just, you know, if Arkansas can somehow pull it out, they either have a rematch against Gonzaga or against UCLA. We know there's some old demons there. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. We should have been back-to-back champions. We really so, should have. I would rather play UCLA. The storylines story write themselves if dogs can make it to Saturday. Mm. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. As, someone, as Tony so said, big, as someone yeah. who works in TV, I'm already in my head writing up the storylines for these. But let's let's get there first. Let's get there first. Um, moving over to the Midwest now, uh, Miami, I was worried that Miami couldn't do it because I thought Omir might not play. Well, instead he played and he was great. He had 14 rebounds in game one, 17 in game two, dominating down low. And Miami has great guard plays. Houston looks like Sasser is back. And then Texas Xavier is going to be fun. Tony, where do you want to go in this bracket? Take me anywhere. I'll start with Miami and then I'll, and I'll make a statement and we'll go. That's the fastest team in the tournament. Those guards can play. Yeah. yeah, They can move. That's the fastest I've ever seen anybody play. And I'm not talking about up and down flight, but they're just fast, man. They got some burst. Yeah. And so in that game against Indiana, Indiana goes on a run to start the second half and I'm going, Okay, we got a game, and then Miami's like just turned nope. it on, and it was <laughs> yeah. not even it wasn't even a game from the fifteen yeah. minute mark on. Miami can really give Houston problems, but I'll say this is the most classic bracket with you got the one and the two seeds still in it with Houston and, uh, and Houston and Texas, and those Texas. are probably the best two teams. And the three seed and Xavier, and Xavier yeah. And, yeah, and I'm really surprised Xavier's still there. I really expected them to be the three seed that would get knocked out. Well, but they're there. I think, and I was with you. I think Iowa State might have played the worst game of basketball I've ever seen in my life. Okay, so that's my that's last comment. Okay. I have never, ever seen a basketball team play worse than Iowa <laughs> State awful. play. I would, usually, round. I think you're, 41 I think you're point, trafficking in hyperbole. No, I think it was the worst basketball and, game I've ever seen a team play. For our listeners out there, poor Kevin had to listen to me for at least 20 minutes somewhere between <laughs> Russellville and Clarksville 
pontificate about how Iowa State was going to be the dark horse of the tournament because of the tough games they had played and how they were strongest in net pomp and uh, all this stuff. And they came out and laid a fucking egg. And it's just, it was just ridiculous. There it is. They, they couldn't, they couldn't hit a shot. There's they that rebound a shot. They couldn't dribble the ball. They couldn't they do nothing. Suck. They suck. And it was just. And I was right there. For the listener out there, I did listen to this and I agreed with a lot of what Tony's saying. I was big on Iowa State. And yeah, uh, you didn't we were spend wrong. $625 on our ass and a <laughs> Calcutta either. It's just ridiculous. Oh my gosh. They were terrible. Terrible. <laughs> they were. Sounds like at your bougie the- problem. Yeah. <laughs> I just did it. I've never seen a team. I've never seen a team play that bad. E- even Purdue and, mm-hmm. and, and Arizona getting beat by their hearts. They, I was, it was just bad. They were bad. Okay. Stop. There you go. Go ahead. Pops, what do you got from that bracket? I know you're an H-Town guy right now. You're Houston. And I didn't get to catch all of their game, what, Houston and Auburn. But yeah. I was um, watching the first half. I was watching most first half. And so we were watching the – to set the scene a little. I don't know. People probably don't care. But we were watching the Arkansas game at this uh, stat, fine establishment where they might have been serving alcoholic beverages. And then we were leaving. We got to hap- We got to that game ending. We're still celebrating. And then the Houston game's on because, of course, we jumble up all the, the second-round games all right around each other because we don't know how to do start times. But So we're watching that first half there, and then we're like, all right, we're going to leave. And we leave at halftime. And when we left, Auburn kind of had them on the ropes, yeah. at least it felt yeah. like. And then all of a sudden we turned the game back on, and Houston's not only up, but they are just dominating this game. Well, can we tell you what happened? Yeah, like what happened in between the moment where I was – Tremont – I don't know if you say it. Tremont – Tremont Mark is what happened, and he could not be stopped. There for about a good five or six minutes, he he was Devo Davis. Devo Auburn. He devoted Auburn and and just I mean the, seriously they gave him the ball kind of like they did Devo you know at the, towards the end and just gave him the ball cleared out and let him go to work and he was hitting the, that six to eight foot jumper uh, just money um, and then you've got Sasser looked I I really thought he may not play uh, after he kind of you could tell he he re injured I think his yeah. groin. Uh, on the game before, but he looked he he must have got shot up or something. I don't yeah. know. Whatever he looked completely healthy and she that other guy in the back uh, uh, in the uh, shed uh, was really good. And and I you know I can't remember all the rest of the names, but that Tra- Traymond Mark was flat out impressive, and that's what happened to Auburn, in my opinion. Yeah, nine boards. And from what I saw from Sasser, Sasser had the burst that mm-hmm. I, if his groin was still hurt, he wouldn't have that burst. So I think. And if he's fine, they're going to be trouble for Miami. But, but Miami, like we just said, they have the guards. But that's why it's going to be a if good Sasser, mm-hmm. If Sasser was banged up, I kind of might like Miami. But now I'm like, oh, well, Houston's got – one thing Houston does have, athletes at the guard position. They mm-hmm. got some athletes. And so that that's just going to be a fun one. I don't know where I stand on it. I think a lot of the public money as far as – we're recording this on Tuesday. A lot of the public money has uh, Miami to cover in this one. But – I don't know. That one's intriguing to me. I always take the money line, gentlemen. I never take the points yeah. in college basketball. <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about that. But that's that. But um, uh, what was that bad beat? Was it K? Who was it? It was uh, TCU. TCU. TCU hits that three at the yeah. end. That means With nothing except a batter. And somehow they roll the ball, and it's a perfect roll. And then he catches it at half court or picks up just and it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind just- of heaved it. Um, but in, anyway, uh, Houston showed me, you know, that I'm scared of Houston uh, because 
they didn't play their best two ball games and and won. And I think in the last 10 minutes of the Auburn game, we saw Houston Cougars. And so I think they're ready to roll. And we haven't seen the Houston Cougars since about 10 minutes uh, left in the uh, Memphis game in their championship. They've just been, haven't been, they've been out of sync. And so I think we saw them back. They're a scary ball club because they win when they just win, right? They just win. And, uh, and, and I would say this, Texas, has had the easiest two games of anyone. Oh yeah, you know, I whoever you know, Colgate again didn't show much there, and then Penn State, uh, I, I thought ran out of gas finally. And they, I think that a lot of people give them credit, but Texas, Texas looks good, really though. good. Yeah, that's, that's I, I do think they had an easy run, but they're they've a good got team. a bad matchup for them with Xavier. The Xavier Texas matchup is really good for whoever wins the Houston Miami game because those two teams are gonna. They're going to be gassed at the end of that ball game, and uh, Xavier Houston, and I think that's going to be a really good game to watch. But whoever comes out of it's going to—they're going to have to drink a lot of Gatorade or special <laughs> juice or whatever it is they wanted pickle juice, whatever, to be ready for the winner of Houston Miami. Yeah, that—that's out of the bracket. I—I I really like. I mean, I was saying this about the West, but even that Midwest one with Houston Miami and then Xavier Texas. I think those are two fantastic games mm-hmm. coming, and that. What's up, Pops? I do want to ask you this question. What's what's a better weekend, the first weekend or this weekend? Yeah, you know, I think you've asked that before, and I'm generally on the first weekend because there's just so much going on. But but the second weekend, there are fantastic games. You know, and you can really just zero in on like the full game where you really mm-hmm. get the ebbs and flows of like yeah. the roll in the end of the first half and then the run in the second so, half. So ask me that question again. Which is better, the first or the second? Yes. <laughs> That's my answer. Yes. <laughs> I yes. think it's the first because there's just so much bad, especially if you can take off that Thursday and Friday and you can really just indulge in nothing but basketball. Probably the first, but just as far as good basketball, I mean, this weekend you're going to get some great games. Mm-hmm. I'm liking this weekend because I get to catch up on the teams that I just didn't get a chance to watch because – Right. Yeah. There's just right. so much going on. Like, for instance, we're talking about the Midwest, and I'm really excited for both those games because the only teams I've really watched in the Midwest have been the Miami games because I just haven't had the opportunity to focus on the Houston or the Texas games. So, yeah. I, and I'm going to say that if I'm not traveling, it's the second weekend. From a TV standpoint, I like the second weekend because right. you get to what there is. No, but if you That's ever go point. to an NCAA tournament, the first weekend is phenomenal because you go to – And it's worth going for anybody that hasn't done oh, it. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, because the first – whichever, if you're a Thursday, Saturday, on Friday and Sunday, you're watching basketball at the local bar and you've met people and they know you've been to the tournament. It's awesome. and um, Or the day before, you, it's just great. And then watching the games in person, getting to see six basketball games is, is really cool. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, and so that I think if you're traveling to it, the first weekend is the best weekend. But on TV, absolutely, the second weekend is the best because you get a chance to study and really watch the games. All right, is there any games that we missed that are teams we did? There's one team we didn't really talk about much, and that was Creighton, who I think we all kind of think have a chance at maybe doing a little something. Something we didn't talk about Alabama. Well, I, and Alabama's found a way to shake out to where I think they got the easiest, which is what the number one overall seed typically gets. Yeah. But did y'all see, by the way, you bring up Alabama, so I just have to bring Are we going to talk about Saban? Is that what you're about to talk about? So did you hear what Saban, Nick Saban said 
on Monday. I think it was Monday. It was awesome. You didn't look like you didn't Oh, no, this. I heard something, but I can't remember. What, what is so it? So we all know about the drama that's kind of followed the Arkansas – I mean, the Alabama basketball team with Brandon Miller mm-hmm. allegedly driving the gun to a scene that later killed a woman. Um, and at the time, Nate Oates – or when asked about it, Nate Oates did have – his whole quote wasn't terrible, but he did have a line that said, wrong place, wrong time. Not a great line. Well, Nick Saban is at a press conference talking about an Alabama, Alabama football player who was – was he kicked off the team, Jacob? Or he just suspended just, from the team, yeah. Okay. Because I, th- I believe he was caught driving 141 miles per hour. Mm. And uh, I don't know what speed limit was, but that's too fast. 114. Very speed limit. He was driving, I believe, 114. They found $7,000 in cash and I think over 200 pounds of marijuana in his car. Oh, ouch. So, mm. And so Two, Nick Saban. 200 pounds of marijuana <laughs> is a sure lot. I'll look, I need to look it up. Marijuana. I'll think it's. I'll think so it's, Nick Saban had, a, had basically a thing just saying, you know, you can't Bob do this, blah, 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 blah. And as Nick Saban's kind of wrapping up, he goes, and there's no such thing as wrong place, wrong time. You put yourself in situations. And it was, it felt like a clear, like, yeah, Nate, I don't know what y'all are doing over there. But I mean, I didn't know. It just the way he said it, I was like, oh, well, wow. that felt like a direct shot at your basketball program, which, as Tony just mentioned, is still playing and has a great line to the national championship. I, you don't see that that often. You don't see the basketball coach and football coach kind of throwing maybe a little shade. I guess I wouldn't be surprised if, Al, if Arkansas's coach threw a little shade to Alabama or Auburn for that matter, but we well, really see Alabama. Uh, where is the South Regional at? Atlanta? Uh, it's, I think that's correct. I'm not 100% it sure. Is, I don't know. Uh, the KFC Yum Center. <laughs> so, wherever that it's is. It's Louisville. Uh, is it Louisville, Louisville or Lexington? Then. I think that sounds Louisville. The KFC well, Yum Center. Yeah, <laughs> Yum's brand. Yum's brand owns KFC. It's, I do think it's the I Yum's think, uh, Kentucky Derby, by the way. Um, yeah, uh, I think Alabama San Diego State's a decent little matchup. San Diego State, just yeah, has an but I bet to you, uh, play with them, but Alabama I bet Spain. you Nick Saban will not be invited to the KFC Yum's Arena to watch Alabama play <laughs> basketball in Sweet. 16. I don't know. Nick Saban's the president of Alabama. He, I think, he goes wherever he wants to. He's an untouchable. Also, I retract my statement. He was going 141 miles an hour, like Kevin said, and it was 226 grams of marijuana. So, <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. Because okay. and also the pounds thing. Wasn't there a Bears football player that got caught with like actually like a bunch of pounds? Uh, of former Dallas Cowboys, Boy, Sam yeah. Hurd. There you go. Yeah. He actually did have like a, a bunch of. No, he was he was trafficking like. Hundreds of pounds of marijuana. Yeah, so who, I thought it was he was getting big paid. lineman. It, it no, it was a, it was Sam Hurd. It was number seventeen. Sam Hurd he was, was a getting bear paid at the more time, for his marijuana business. Yeah, yeah. the cocaine yeah. bear, if you will. Um, it, <laughs> yeah, I think Craig, pounds of marijuana. Man, that's a bunch. <laughs> I think Craig's it's got a, a chance. I mean, it's just it's been a great tournament, guys. It's it been so been far, great. and we still we're just halfway through. We're just halfway yeah. through. It's been a good tournament. Been a good tournament. Was there any other moments or or bougie problems or anything from tournament wise? Can I can I give you two be- remarks that uh, announcers made that re- related to Arkansas basketball that I thought were really funny? You can give me a, as many remarks it, as you can. It might have been Jim Jackson, I think. You know, uh, the Ohio State, the old Ohio State legend was calling the Arkansas Illinois game, 
And he saw Anthony Black and he said, man, that's a head of lettuce right there <laughs> about his hair. That hair has to get in the way, right? So so then a little bit later, I guess they passed the ball to Ricky Council and he goes, and the ball finds Ricky Council always a willing shooter. <laughs> Thought, yeah, yeah. He know he knows these Razorbacks. <laughs> that was pretty good stuff. <laughs> always a, always a willing shooter. shooter. <laughs> Very nice. Never found a shot he didn't like. Uh, that's funny. No, that's funny. Oh, no, that's a head <laughs> yeah. of lettuce there. Boy. That's a head of lettuce right there, boys. <laughs> hey, Jim Jackson did a great job announcing, though. I did like his his. The I did too. I thought he did a great I did job. Too. Yeah. Uh, pops, did you have any? Uh, now this is non basketball. I mean, it could be basketball related, but did you have any booze problems this week? You don't know. I thought I was going to have one when I couldn't find the uh, previous uh, button <laughs> on my YouTube TV remote. Um, Week three but, of Lyft against technology. <laughs> I know, and and I'm losing again. But we, as, I don't remember if we did this at the first, but we did find where you can kind of pretty quickly go to different games on mm-hmm. YouTube TV. I'm telling you, YouTube TV's got a pretty decent platform. I'm not trying to advertise for them unless they want to, <laughs> you know, I, you know, unless they want to hey. slip me a little bill. But uh, big in Sweden, but I don't know. Returns are good so far. I had a movie problem, go. and it was related go to ahead. basketball. Uh, so CBS has a lot of the games now, especially heading into the second weekend and the rest of the games. For some reason, I am not able to watch CBS, just the local channel. I can get CBS Sports, CBS News, all the CBS I want, whether it's through Paramount or the CBS Sports app or whatever. But for some reason, my TV, my Roku TV, does not allow the CBS channel. But – if I'm five feet away from my TV, my phone, my computer, they can all get the CBS local channel through their their website. I don't, why am I not able to use the TV? Do I, I, so you have Paramount Plus? Yes. I have, I have an associate that has Paramount Plus. Ah, well, then you an should, associate. <laughs> you should get it through Paramount Plus. I do know there's the March Madness like <clears throat> app. You can watch stuff on your computer. That's what I've been having to use, yeah. And but sometimes it won't let CBS you watch CBS games because CBS is a little more like, no, you got to pay for free Paramount Plus or CBS. I don't know if it's if I'm in Austin and that's, but then my computer has doesn't have issues. My phone doesn't have issues. But for some reason, the Roku app uh, for, for Paramount Plus or CBS Sports, both, I get CBS News, CBS Sports, but just like the H, March Madness HQ, not the actual live games. For some yeah. reason, the actual local channel that's showing the game, it will not let me watch. So. There was a no moment problem. where I was I was watching on direct or uh, YouTube TV, excuse me, and it popped up on my screen. There are too many people watching. I am not one of the people paying, so I was like, "Okay, that's all I need to see. I'm done. I'm yeah. not going to try to retry it." And so I pulled up my computer, and it was saying it couldn't pull up the CBS game. So I just watched the Northern Kentucky Houston game that night. But so I there is a little issue where CBS is a little more. Stingy about what you can't get. Yeah. yeah, they they get a little. Yeah, they pay a lot to 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 televise this tournament, and they oh, actually, you know, make I some do have a bougie problem. I have a bougie problem. It's more of a just a TV problem, and y'all probably don't even realize it's an issue. But I heard old Scott Van Pelt talking about it too, so I'm glad to know that ESPN deals with it too. But the NCAA has very very strict rules on what you can do with highlights. You can only show three minutes per day. Of highlights of game film. If you're there and you shoot celebration video, because you can't, you also can't film during the game if you're there, but you can shoot celebration. You can use that all you want. But like, if I want to show Devo highlights, we have three minutes throughout the day. And so that we have a 5 a.m., a 6 a.m., a 5 mm. p.m., a 6 p.m., a 6 30 p.m., a 10 p.m., 
three minutes runs up quicker than you think. And then on top of that, you can't show the highlights of a game 48 hours after the game ended. Once 48 hours ends, that game no longer, you have no rights to it whatsoever. Only ones that do is NCAA and Turner and CBS. So it's hmm. really annoying. Right now, I, I at my station, we can no longer show any Razorback highlights of them in the tournament. It has to be pictures or just like celebration video wow. afterward. It's a crazy so, nonprofit, isn't it? Well, you know, CBS and them pay a yeah. lot of money for it so they can have the rights for it. But I'm, it's, it's, it's very strange. It's probably the most – and all NFL – like NFL has some rules like playoffs, NFL playoffs, and they all have rules. But I swear it's, the, it's by far the most strict with NCAA tournament. They are very strict about what can and cannot be shown. And they will – they have not done it to us, but in the past they have. If you try to just see are they actually paying attention, they are. And they will come charge you. If you try to show more than you're will or able to, and they Kevin, can charge you a lot. So. Is it is it three minutes just total? So like, if you wanted to show highlights of other games, you that counts. Three minutes, minutes total. Yep. Okay, so it's not like three minutes of one game. It's three because, minutes. Because uh, just to tell you a little story, oh, just you know, behind the scenes, I was on the morning show at one point, and so Monday morning we come over after the big first big weekend of March Madness, and me being a little bit of sports mind, I was like, we'll just do this whole trending segment of just all the biggest and best place. And I wrote this all up. It was like two minutes worth of highlights. We get done. I think it's a great segment. It was a good segment. But then my boss is like, you just used up two thirds of what we can use the rest of the day <laughs> for a tournament. And the Razorbacks are going like marching on. So like, we want to talk about it mm. nonstop. They're like, so don't do that again. You just used up all our time. Basically. That, that is kind of, it's the same for ESPN. You said too, for anyone. Well, so I heard, I heard SVP did not have, he was on his podcast. He talked about how they didn't have a show Saturday and Sunday night. One, because him and Stanford Steve wanted to just watch basketball and not work. But two, he's like, we can't show much of like if to show you what really happened in the game. Yeah. We use up all our time and we can't do it. So we just. Because for like a local TV, like. That's why you'll see a lot of Getty images. You'll see a lot of them showing Getty images uh, of just a picture saying yeah. Princeton with the big upset. And they don't actually show you the highlights because yeah. they only have so much time. So Is it the same choose. for all sports? Three minutes? The tournaments, the, the NCAA okay. tournaments, the ver- the most strict. And at I think it's, it might be the same, but there's just less teams, so it's not like bowl have, game, like bowl games or NBA yeah, games. but but it's per day. Like we have in the first oh, day of the okay. tournament, you have what 32 games yeah. in one day. Yeah. So I mean, you you can't show those highlights without mm-hmm. going over three minutes. So wow, that's a little bougie problem for you. But most people don't deal with that, and they will knock it out on Twitter. The Twitter clips you see. If someone, if you try to share your own, they'll try to knock it down. That's why it'll sometimes say like video deleted or something. But oh, I've seen that. That's what that is. Yeah. I'll be damned. That's okay. that's the NCAA cracking down on you, trying to find you. So, uh, trying to think, was there anything else? Was there uh, what are we going to touch on one more? Um, thing? Quick pit snuggle, guys. Uh, pit snuggle rep uh, contenders. I don't I've think got- I, there's got to be one on Princeton, right? Be pretty. I don't know. You know, I put down in the newsletter the ones I've, I've considered, but I, have I missed any? You know, Tashibway, Tashibway. I don't know if I put him in there, but I. Um, you got to look at not to be a homer, but you could say Kamani Johnson or Makai Mitchell. You know, I put the Mitchell twins well, as contenders. Yeah, now Mikhail, <laughs> put both Mitchell twins. Mikhail hadn't played much. Twenty two hadn't. So played is it, much. which one? Which one is the be, is Mackay. the better? Mackay. Mackay. Fifteen. Call them fifteen and twenty two. Is Sonogo? I mean, I don't know. And they they typically so have to Sunogo be they typically need to be a little bigger in the waist, or is it? 
Yeah. It does help to be a little portly. A little, okay. little portly, a little beefy. Um, but like, but like I Colt mean, Brenner for Creighton wouldn't. He's a skinny, skinny guy. Colt Brenner is large. a possibility. He's a possibility because I mean, he, it's just a guy that can. You can run the offense through this guy. I mean, uh, that, I mean, what Pitsnoggle did, Kevin Pitsnoggle, West Virginia. I mean, he was a he was a high post kind of power forward. Uh, ball would go into him. He would either he could take the shot, he could drop it down to the low post, mm-hmm. he could pass it out for a, a perimeter shot, and, and the offense really ran through him. And he was just super impressive. So um, that that's kind of the guy that we're looking for. Is, is instead of a guard, you're looking for maybe a three or a four right. that the offense runs through. I don't. I mean, you you, you may be missing one, but this is like Tony was saying the weekend where you catch him because you watch. You're gonna watch. 40 minutes of these, like these aren't where you're flipping around. You're just watching. And this is where you kind of realize, oh, he might only play 19 minutes a game, but those 19 minutes, he's yeah. diving on the court. He's so getting, this he's week getting, is where you. I think you, this you. might be where we get it. Well, we so talked about, see. you know, you've got to play into the second weekend pretty yeah. much. You know, there's some guys that are really good contenders, but they don't get to that second weekend. You have to get to the second weekend. Yeah, that's, that's what's really bothers me that we can't consider David Shriver from VCU. Yeah, no, I did see him. I, I get it. And yeah. I, I tweeted that. I, I texted that out to you guys that, you know, it's hard to play with a porn stash and a mullet. You can play with one or the other, but if you're playing with with a porn stash and, and a mullet and, and throwing up air balls, I mean, it, it literally was. <laughs> I felt like he was, he was yelling, let it, it rain. <laughs> it, just, it was just rain dance. <laughs> it was just so not, not Drew. Very well. Drew Timmy's too good. At, he's too good. Right? Yeah, yeah. His porn stash is too much. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't think Drew Timmy's a contender personally. <laughs> I but Kamani I mean, I'll re- revisit that if if you want to. But. I think Kamani is can the I, leader to me. As as we wrap up, can I get a little annoyed at 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 a college basketball player for just a, just a second? Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if y'all y'all probably I'm sure you've heard about him at this point, but um. There's a guy for Detroit Mercy, Antoine Davis, got really close to breaking Pete Maravich's all-time scoring mm. record in yeah. college. He did not break it because he lost in their conference championship, which means you don't get the automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. He was hoping that they would select him to be in the college basketball invitational. Not the NIT. This is a different tournament because then he could play another game and maybe break the record. They chose not to have him. Let me let you know what their record. They went 14 and 19 on the year, 9 and 11 in conference play, which put them as the eighth team in their conference. So it's not like they're a great team and got snubbed. They just they just didn't have that great of a year. And his quote today was, I'm upset about it. I feel like I got cheated out of something that they can't ever give back to me. I think it's selfish and weird that people emailed or called the college basketball invitational to say we shouldn't be in the tournament because they didn't want me to break the record. Win more games. Yeah. Win more games. You get in the tournament. Real quick question, too. How many games did it take him to get close to oh, the record compared to Pete Maravich? Interesting you bring that up. So, Pete <laughs> Maravich played 83 games at LSU. Uh-huh. 83. Uh-huh. Freshmen weren't allowed to play on varsity in that time. Right. Antoine Davis played, you ready? Yeah. 144 games. Okay. Because he also had an extra year for COVID, so he played a lot more games. One other question. Like 61 more games. Did did he have a three-point shot uh, available to him when he, he played? He did. Did Pete he had a three? No, he did not. Oh, okay. Did not. Okay. Huh. So okay. Antoine Davis had 61 games. Put it in your pot and smoke be. it. Sit your ass down. You didn't get the record. And I took that person. 
Antoine Davis played 61 more games, so that would come out to be roughly two more seasons with a three-point line and didn't match it. You know, I loved a good story. I was watching him in the conference tournament because it'd be fun to see him in the in the NCAA tournament. But you lost. Sorry. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I, it's not be upset all you want, but you just look in the mirror. You pull up some old video of Pete Maravich sometime. Just go that, just go do but that. For the oh people out there to tell you how insane that is. So Antoine Davis is a legit scorer. Oh, but legit. we see this a lot where like the guy's a really good scorer on like a smaller school. Pete Maravich at LSU scored more than Antoine Davis in two less seasons with no three-point line. I can't wrap my head around how I'm And Pete Maravich, for the people out there, I mean, most people know, but he's not the Wilt Chamberlain, the seven-footer that was told you can't dunk anymore. This guy is a shooter without a three-point shooting, without a three-point line, and still had more points. Pete Maravich is insane. It doesn't make sense in my brain. No. Yeah, and I, I suspect we'll see that tweet or whatever. He'll take that down at some point, Antoine Davis will, I would think. But I think what he's saying is, if if in order to give him a break here, but I'm with you, they didn't deserve to go anywhere. Uh, but there were people that were upset that he even had the opportunity to break. Maribel. Yes. And for people to call, if people called and said, don't let Detroit Mercy in, he doesn't deserve it. That's bad. Let let the system take care of itself. But yeah, if people are calling, that's fine. But he doesn't have to say they takes took something away from me. That's they didn't get in not because people called. They didn't get in because they didn't win. You were up below five hundred. If yeah. you wanted to stay in college and play for your dad, congratulations. You stayed in college and played for your dad, and and you had a great time. Don't ruin it. You know, don't ruin it. And so I think he'll be drafted. I think they're saying he'll be drafted. Yeah. Quit your damn whining. Quit your whining. Do you guys know why exactly Merrimack? This is a random question, but I have a reason for it. Why they weren't allowed in the tournament? Do you know why? What the rule is, Tony? Yeah, they they are transitioning from Division Two, and so there's a minimum two or three years, I think, that you've got to be out in order to uh, to play in the Division One uh, championship uh, tournament. So they hadn't met okay. it yet. They'll meet it next year. But they so didn't pops, the year. reason I asked that is because Merrimack won their conference. Their conference was the same one that Fairleigh Dickinson was in. Fairleigh Dickinson should not have made the tournament. It should have been Merrimack. Yeah. Mm. But Merrimack could not make it because of this dumb, dumb rule. If you am I penalized for jumping well, up a weight class? Is that what I'm getting penalized it, for? Here's the reason it's a rule. Okay. Because if you're an NAI team or a Division II team. You can stack your, you could stack your team and move in, right? So mm-hmm. with the way you do scholarships, the way you could have people in there saying, Hey, we're going to move division one. I'm going to sign all these guys that are transfers or whatever under the radar and move into division one with a bunch of players who may or may not have been eligible to play as division one players. So they give them three years to level out. And that's, that's the reason for the rule. So. Okay, well, at least there's a reason because yeah. just on the surface, I was like, "This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard." Yeah, because yeah. I, I believe because I believe you don't have to sit out if you transfer down to Division Two out of one right. as a player. I believe so. Essentially, you could just transfer down and then they just pop back in, <laughs> and they're good to go. Yeah, yeah, and okay, yeah. well, at least there's yeah, a reason. <laughs> and which makes their win even more phenomenal. Fairly Dickinson because they were really not the 68th team. They weren't even the best in their field. They were the 69th team. <laughs> they weren't They weren't mostly Dickinson. They were fairly. Yeah, they, they were fairly Dickinson. They were, they were fairly. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, all right, let's wrap this. Let's put a bow on this bad boy. We started with what's Uncle Tony drinking. Let's end with what's Uncle okay. Tony drinking so, tonight. So with Uncle Tony's normal drink tonight, I, this is a shout out to a listener on the pod uh, who happens to uh, work with me, uh, John O. Appreciate it, John. He he brought me. Uh, this is this is one thing. So it's a great thing. You know, you're you're out on a Friday, and you come into your office on Monday morning after being out, and there's a bottle of whiskey sitting on your desk. I can't tell you what a great feeling that is when you you, you <laughs> left, and it's like, man, I'm sure I'm glad. And you come back, and oh, whiskey, great. And so uh, <laughs> then all of a sudden, you don't remember your yeah, appointment. Then it's like and I black out for the I middle had a of the great day. Monday. Let me tell you, but. Um, so this is a whiskey that he brought to me, and it's a very unique whiskey. It's called Widow Jane. It's a 10-year-old whiskey. Uh, it is... Widow or Whittle? Widow. W-I-D. Widow. Okay. I thought you like Widow Jane. Jane. No, it's Widow. Okay. Widow okay. Jane. It's made in Brooklyn, New York. So it is a Brooklyn whiskey, but they they uh, buy uh, whiskeys from Kentucky, Tennessee, and for some reason, Indiana. And they mix it in 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 Brooklyn and then uh, bottle it. And I'll tell you, it's a little bit of a raw whiskey, but it's got great flavor, uh, real real oaky. Uh, it's for a for a bourbon uh, outside of a Kentucky bourbon. It's ninety one proof, so a little bit higher, but it's got a good flavor to it. So here's a shout out to a, a pod uh, a pod listener, John O. Uh, thanks for the whiskey, bud. Made for a great week, so I appreciate it. Widow Jane. There you go. I, Shout out to John. If you find it, take. I, I'd say uh, get you some. It's it's a it's a decent little whiskey. All right. Well, and we learned that the moral of the story when it comes to March Madness is who's got more dudes. So we'll see who has more dudes in the Sweet Sixteen Elite Eight, and we'll be back to recap who won the game. All right, y'all. I will talk to you next week. Peace. 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 Hi, you want to hear another funny remark about uh, something they wrote about the Razorbacks? Sure. So SI did a top. They they ranked the top, uh, the Sweet Sixteen. The remaining, yeah. And and three of the top six were in the West. By the way, that was UCLA, Gonzaga, uh, and UConn. But so they're talking about the Hogs, who were ranked 11. The Hogs have the talent, size, and depth. They got a coach that's legit, but they cannot shoot from the outside, and occasionally have too many cooks in the alpha male kitchen. <laughs> that's a very good. Yeah, that's very good. Right. All right, yeah. I, agree. Very I agree. Good. I agree. Very that's good. not bad for a chatbot. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. That, that's that's fair. That, that pretty much ticks all the boxes that is Arkansas. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah, and I'm sorry, Kevin, you're not but going you, to Vegas and that chat box going instead of you. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm annoyed yeah. with them right now. Damn. I'm talking to you. Sorry about that, man. They they, they pissed me off. That's all. I right. thought I thought, I thought you here. I thought you had that locked down, man. Well, you know that makes two of us, but here we are. You tell them, you tell them, hey, I I know places that need a, a sportscaster slash producer, and we'll just see if they'll send me a You have proved that you fight well. Now you can join us.